One problem experienced by buyers in competitive markets is that of having to pay hundreds of dollars each for multiple building and pest inspections and strata reports. These bills can rack up fast after being outbid a number of times and some buyers end up giving up and purchasing without having done this basic due diligence. One alternative is to get the vendor to pay. Another is to share the cost amongst numerous interested buyers. But are either of these really a great solution for an individual buyer? Can these reports be trusted? Welcome to The Elephant in the Room. This is the podcast where we love to talk about the big things in property that never usually get talked about. I'm Veronica Morgan, real estate agent, buyer's agent and buyer's agent mentor, co-host of Foxtel's Location, Location, Location Australia, author of Auction Ready and co-host of Your First Home Buyer Guide. And I'm Chris Bates, mortgage broker, recently ranked number five in Australia out of over 18,000 brokers in the annual MPA Top 100 Mortgage Broker Award. Before we get started, I need to let you know that nothing we say here can be taken as personal advice. We always recommend you engage the services of an appropriate and experienced professional. Technology is increasingly providing solutions to property problems and there have been a few prop tech firms who have tackled the challenge of making pre-purchase inspections more affordable and accessible. One solution has been to create a marketplace for pre-purchase inspections and today we're chatting to Reese Rogers, the co-founder and CEO of Property Technology Before You Bid. Reese started out his professional career as an insolvency accountant before delving into creating a startup in the property space and since launching eight years ago, Before You Bid has grown to be the largest marketplace for building and pest and strata inspectors. The platform now helps over 100,000 people buy and sell property every year and aims to be the home of property compliance and due diligence. This should be interesting. Now, we can see there are definite pros and cons of this approach. Thank you so much for joining us today, Reese. As I expect, this will be quite a robust discussion. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I was warned, Veronica, you're not afraid of hard, asking the hard questions. I'm <laughs> very keen to be put on the barbecue. Good one. Reese. I mean, anyone who's gone to transact in the property market, you know, the, the problem you're solving, I guess people can very quickly feel that pain, right? They've gone and looked at multiple properties, they've got multiple reports, et cetera. Is that sort of where this initial idea came from? You went through that process that, you know, and is it something that I guess vendors have flipped and said, well, hang on a sec, we need to be providing this report now. There's kind of like, rather than just relying on the buyers doing all their own due diligence, do you think the tide's turned and the powers, you know, the vendors are actually taking that up? Yeah, a lot of questions in there, Chris, but I'll, I'll start with how it, um, how it started. Everyone thinks I must have been buying and gone through this painful experience of spending, you know, hundreds of dollars every time on a building best. It actually was very different to that. I had a um, a real estate agent. Um, we were selling a property for, for a house that was um, foreclosed by the bank at this insolvency firm I was working at. And he was complaining to me about opening up a property twice for a build, different building and pest inspectors and wasting an hour of his day each time. I said, oh, why don't they share it? He said, the first person doesn't ever get anything back, so they don't bother making it available. Well, that was kind of the light bulb moment. So we grabbed my brother. I said, look, I feel like there's a market inefficiency here. I always knew I was going to start a business at some point. It's like this, this, I tested three or four terrible ideas, actually. Um, but one, one was going to apparently take on Amazon, one in poker, which I was playing at the time. Anyway, um, so I went to him and I showed him and we, we came up with this consumer kind of cashback, uh, share cost model, built, built that out for six months overseas and we launched, um, and that, funnily enough, that's made a big comeback in our business, but 
within a month or two of uh, I was speaking to a few agents, they're like, if you could make this available through our channel, we would get our vendors to pay a little bit. Um, so then I really focused on that agent channel, um, which, you know, from an agent's and vendor's perspective, it's, you know, less time opening up the property for multiple inspections. And a, a big part of it's the agent singing from the same hymn sheet um, as the buyers of what's, you know, wrong with the property as opposed to, you know, potentially the buyer having information the agent's got no idea about um, and vice versa. It's just not a good interaction if there's competing info coming, you know, coming from each side. It's an interesting one because the idea of a share economy to affray pre-purchase costs um, is sort of, you go, of course, it's a no-brainer. But at the same time, often, you know, these buyers are in competition with each other, right? So often the access to that information or the quality of that information is an advantage or gives an advantage to one buyer over another. Or conversely, sometimes in my business, being a buyer's agent and knowing that not all building and pest inspectors for argument's sake are equal, I feel like sometimes my clients are at a disadvantage because they know way more about a property that I know other buyers know, are aware of. Um, so, it, you know, the idea that, and I do know that when I was a sales agent, for example, in the olden days before there was such a such a service, that we would have to go to properties and sit there and wait for the each each buyer, if you were lucky enough to have 10 buyers on a property, fantastic. You know, you didn't complain too much because you knew that they were committed. But at the same time, you're thinking nobody would want to share that information with anyone else. They wanted to make sure that everybody else had delays. And and if you put an offering, offering on a property, you as a buyer's agent, when I first started as a buyer's agent, I knew that if I had all my ducks in a row and I'd done our building and pest, that to give access to that to somebody else would potentially put them in a position where they could compete with us. And I didn't want them to do that, particularly if I was making an offer. So so that is sort of interesting that you came at it not from the buyer's pain, but from the seller's pain. I could totally see that. That was the other conversation. Um, yeah, I was definitely around that. Sorry, you're about to ask a question. Yeah, because I actually had a look through your Google reviews. And, and look, I've got opinions um, of the service. I think the service on face value is is – a very good idea um, and I think where it could fall apart is you know you're at the mercy you're a marketplace so therefore your brand's on the front door but you're at the mercy of the quality of the inspectors um, that that are on your platform and also I imagine they've got different pricing structures and they've got different different um, levels of communication with their 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 purchases etc 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 there's all these differences in terms of their service delivery that could impact on your brand. And so I thought, I'm going to have a look at your Google reviews and see what's going on there. And it's like you either get one star or five star. It's very, very up and down, that's for sure. And the ones that generally are about the inspector, but they're talking about our marketplace. So it's hard It's hard for us to um, yeah. compete with them. But uh, yeah, to, to go into that, and, and there's so much we're building around the transparency in the inspector and, and to – Commoditize is the wrong word, but we wanted to get to a point where an in, uh, someone can download our report and know that whether they del- download it from Joe Blogs, you know, inspector or Chris Bates inspector, that they're going to get fairly similar information. Now that's going to take us time. Um, it's probably a lot easier in Strata reports if you know that that's the first thing we're going to delve delve into it, or from from a text perspective on our side, but. It is hard when you've got different inspectors at different, you know, they think even a certain defect might be, you know, a major defect while another inspector will be like, no, that doesn't rate as a major defect in my mind. So, um, 
all we're trying to you know build that costly focus on is transparency around who the inspector is we'll have ratings of each inspector launching um in 2024 as well <laughs> yeah. that gives the ability to go to go okay do i do i want to download this report off this inspector or do i want to go and get one for another one in the marketplace so the one thing i would say you know if you go on google and just say oh, i want to build the best inspector in balmain um you're Maybe not Balmain, a bad example, but West back did a, did a study about eight years ago now, and they found that 70% of building and pest inspectors weren't appropriately insured to do building and pest inspection reports. Now, we actually, as our onboarding experience, so you have to show us your certificate of currency, and then we analyze whether they actually can do a building and pest inspection report. So that's a big, and I can't tell you how many times we go into a new market and we go, oh, the inspectors, and we look them up and they're all happy. Yeah, we want to go on before you bid. We've heard something good about you. Yep. Some other inspectors told us you can get work off this platform. And then we go, great, just send us through X, Y, Z, including your um, certificate of currency for insurance. And then we never hear from them again. So um, insurance is the hardest thing to get in our space um, in, in Australia. There's only really two main providers of it and they kind of know who not to insure so that's a really good leveler um for inspectors because if you do a bunch of dodgy reports veronica and i've seen them we've removed inspectors from our panel um if if you do a bunch of them eventually the insurance you know claims catch up to you and you're, you're out of the industry is that what sort of you would have found lots of conflicts of interest as you've got on this journey right like you know even just the the vendor in you know they've got the right idea. I've listed this property. I need. I'm going to do the right thing by buyers. I'm going to put it on the platform so they can share on the cost. But then they do the report and they're like, uh oh, I didn't realise that there was all these things wrong with the property. Cancel that. Um, let's flip it back on the buyers and hope a buyer buys it without doing a building and pest. Like, do do you, do you still allow you know and all real estate agents to be like, hang on a sec, that's not a good idea. Let's not go live on that one. Um. How does that all work? Is it is it an optional thing? Like, is it or is it, you know, what if you engage it? We're we're going to make that public knowledge. Yeah, once they've ordered the report and started, you know, it's it's done. They've they've kind of paid for it. Um, some vendors will occasionally, and they're probably the, you know, um, I say to agents if if you've got a vendor who's built their own house, please don't use our product um, because it's like telling someone their baby's ugly. You just can't do it. Um, so, but you know, some vendors, they're, they're probably the trickier conversations we'd have internally of where like, oh, you know, this is all right, this is all right. And, and they'll say, look, I don't want to make this available. That does, and, I, and I'm talking about a small percentage, but it does happen. Um, they don't make it available. In um, New South Wales, agents still have to say, look, there was a report done, but it's, it's not available. That's the law in New South Wales. But um, everywhere else is, you know, they can just close it out and say that's not going to be made available for buyers and buyer beware. But for the most part, agents, once they've used it, uh, I, I won't name the agent, but early days, this is like month one, where I was reading every single report that came onto the platform. I was so anxious and like, what's going on? Like, oh, what if it says this? What if it says that? Like, yeah. And then, you know, as they normally do, like they come back with quite a few major defects. And um, I called up this agent. Who did, and some agents would call because it was, it was quite new, the idea. It might not seem it now, but when we started in 2015, it wasn't very common for agents to get these up front. So we were convincing agents to change their behaviours. They were doing it, 
And then a bad, you know, inverted commas report was coming on the property. And then they'd call and go, what the hell is this? You know, what, there's so many problems here. Um, you know, you've caused more problems than you're solving. And I was like, oh no, does this business actually work? I have I just got it on my, over my head? But I remember this agent just never called me. And he had like four or five. And I was like, geez, these are some tricky ones. So I called, called him and was like, hey, like I've read this report on this house. Like this house is bad. Like this house is in a bit of trouble. I go, how come you haven't just called out of interest? Yeah, Reese, I couldn't care less what the report says. I mean, either negotiating with the buyers, if it's a great report, it's all good. Or if there's a lot of problems, then I've got to have an honest conversation with the vendor because the reserve's probably got to be come down by about 50 grand. Huh. I was like, wow, if everyone had that attitude, my business would be flying. Um, but yeah, so you do have <laughs> chats with the tricky chats with the vendor initially. So when we order bank valuations, it's completely random, right? We can't say, hey, let's use this valuer who we know is a little bit um, more uh, aggressive with their valuation or one. You can if you're bit- a developer. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> True. But I probably uh, with um with sort of this is the agent picking the building and pest inspector at all, or is it completely random? And because then it takes away that hey, I'm just going to use my mate who doesn't ever check under the house or doesn't ever go in the roof and just pretends that that everything I can't access anything and puts all these disclaimers on it. Yeah, it's 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 not completely. We've obviously got inspectors who service certain postcodes. We'll say, look, here's the ones we recommend for X, Y, Z postcode. Like for the popular areas of Sydney, we might have four or five options, but in some areas, we've got one inspector. So it's like, well, here's the inspector that we use to 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 service South Yarra or wherever we are. Um, so no, the agent will have consistency of the inspector turning up. As I said, the main thing on those ones um, who, you know, you might think, I oh, know, Veronica, you've, you've probably had this experience as a buyer's agent where you think, oh, I don't know about that inspector. Um, I just don't see the longevity of their businesses lasting if they continually do these things just because I've seen, and I, again, I can't name these people for, for, for obvious reasons, but I've seen inspectors get done on insurance and then they're out. Like, as soon as you lose their insurance, you can't, well, that's their livelihood, so... They run a very big risk playing this game for more than a few years if they want to do the inverted commas dodgy inspector inspections. Uh, I'm, there's one I'm watching with great interest. Uh, the first time I saw this fellow, he um, he was at the back of a house. So he was doing the building inspection while I was getting through all the photos being taken. Sometimes buyers agents get that little early, early look. And I saw him pulling at a sheet at the back of this old house that I sort of, on the wall, and I sort of looked at it and thought, well, the vintage of that sheet could be asbestos. And I said to him, mate, can you just not do that while I'm around, please? And he looked at me and he said words to this effect, and I still wish I'd actually recorded him or at least remembered exactly his words. It was along the lines of, mate, that's just a furphy. And I'm like, "Real well... For for yourself away, I don't want to go anywhere near you. I'm not willing to take the risk. So I went back inside. I thought, that guy's an idiot. So I asked the agent, who is this guy? Tells me his name. And I'm like, right, that guy, we will never be purchasing an inspection report from that guy. So that was sort of it. We we just gave him a wide berth. We told the agents, no, we won't buy that one. Um, We'll get our own. Uh, Look, sometimes we do buy the ones that the agent has because we know that inspector, but uh, if we don't know them, we'll get our own. But anyway, in this particular case, we will give him a wide berth. Then one time, one time I went through a property that he'd done an inspection on and I didn't even, I wouldn't even download the free ones that he did. And our client did though. Our client downloaded the free one. 
and that the agent, this particular agent, likes to get free give free reports out. And we happened to get um, our inspector that we quite like. One of them, he works for the same the uh, same franchise, so his reports are in exactly the same format. And when he went through, he said, "Look, the bathrooms in this house, both of them downstairs, have rotten through the the waterproofing has failed in both of them." And it's not long before you're going to lose your floor. So they're going to disappear. They 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 really need urgent work. And I went, oh, this would be quite interesting. And the client said when she got the report, she said, oh, I looked at the original one that the agent gave, and this their inspector said that they couldn't get access to the subfloor. So I'm like, interesting. So I got, I said, can you send it to me? So she sends me the report, and I lined them up side by side. The differences were alarming. And I went back to the agent and I did a, a little report comparing. That wasn't the least of it. There was heaps more that they just hadn't hadn't gone into areas. I, I've stood in a house once while he was there. And I'm standing on the trap door and I said, asked him, I just said, what's the subfloor like? He says, you can't get under there. And I've looked down at my feet literally and went, what, you can't open that? <laughs> He's just like, oh, oh, maybe I could. Anyway. I, I put this to the agent and I said, you guys are offering this report for free. So it's actually marketing collateral. It'd be interesting to know how ACCC would view this because this isn't actually you outsourcing and somebody paying for a report. This is you providing it free as effectively marketing collateral. And look how wrong it is. Anyway, they went ahead and got the, the original guy to redo his inspection and remarkably it looked surprisingly like ours. Um, and so at least then all the buyers were properly informed. But that is a problem with any inspectors, I guess, but certainly when you've got inspectors that have differences in terms of their work ethic. A, a lot of them are seen two inspection reports on the same property look exactly the same because, as I said, they... I said, but, but, no, but to, sorry, I'm not just going to be saying, I, I would just... My guess is that that inspector will like, last as long in the yeah. industry. Uh, He's when, when still some there average, and... Sales agents love him and he's still on your platform and sales agents love him precisely because he's, he's super quick and super lacking in detail. Yeah. And do you think there's a, yeah, is there like a real conflict there? I mean, you, um, and it's just because you watch the industry, right? So you're in the industry, but you're not in the industry, right? So there's a huge conflict there, right? The agents loves the reports that are nice and easy, right? The things that, you know, the big defects and if the valuer gets a lot of their work from the agent, they don't want to upset the agent because the agents in their area control 80% of the sales, right? So if they just keep on, whereas if they do a few bad reports, there's, they almost, you know, eat the head, you know, what's the right bite the hands of feeds them. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would just say it's, I, I don't find that with agents as much as probably the wider public would think. Like I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of reports of properties, which have not rinse the rinse the property is the wrong word to use, but that have found the major defects in the property that a buyer would want to know about, and the agents don't ca like care. They're like, look, this I'm trying to be a transparent agent. Think about how this business, our business, was built. It was off John Cunningham on the Northern Beaches. Like, I want to be more transparent with buyers going through my open yeah. lines. Yeah, and I don't know if you know John, but yeah, he's been on the show. Did. Yeah, we know him well. The least dodgy human being you could probably come across so um and we said cool so we brought some inspectors forward i know all those inspectors well because they're the kind of first batch on our panel so i, I just naturally know them better than others 
and they're doing you know reports that you'd get if you were the buyer or the seller they're, they're exactly the same there's no kind of favor to see the state of the property so i would say those bad eggs are in the minority um for sure and uh, yeah as i said we've we have removed inspectors from our panel um who you know we heard we're doing the five ten minute inspections we kind of watched them for a little bit and then we're like okay we you're off it'd be really easy for you to do that because you've got you know what a good building and pest report is right like you could easily overlay some type of, I don't know, AI. You probably don't be AI. It's just, just machine learning or reading it right and go, look, this is, you've covered 80 or 90% of what usually is in a good report, but you put in quite a lot of disclaimers, right? Or this one's actually super comprehensive. It's in terms of the photos and without having to like individually analyze it. And then you could rank them based on the quality of the reports. So better. Is, is that the way, the way you're heading or? What, yeah, what we're going towards, and this is what I tell people when they download reports, I'm like, did they get into the roof and did they get under the house? Yeah. And if they didn't, could you? Yeah. Because that's a pretty clean way to see if the person did a proper job. Um, now, if it's, you know, concrete slab or, you know, whatever, obviously you don't get under the house. Um, but if you could get under the house and you could get into, uh, into the roof and you didn't, um, that would be something where I'd be going back to the agent and Veronica, I know you paid for your own report, but I'd be going back to the agent and say, look, I'm not comfortable going forward with this property unless you get that inspector. Yes, I've downloaded it for free. I get it. But I'm not comfortable unless you get that inspector back out there and get under the house and into the roof to, to check those two areas because they will, do, for the most part, they're like, oh, you know, I could have got under there. I, you know, that, if we just move a cabinet or a couch or whatever, I can. They're, that's kind of what I put as my barometer of whether you know it's a report I'm I'm pressing on with. But, but I do think it's a well, I know it's the minority, but that is a good little tell if you if you're not seeing them get under the house into the roof that they probably haven't spent the time that they needed to there. The problem is though, someone's still got to spend money to get a report first before they work out whether they're going to rely on that report or not. And then there's sunk cost bias. And we're, we're, humans are we're, we're a fallible bunch. You know, we think, oh, we've already bought one. We should try to make this one work, you know, squash that round pig into a square hole or the other way around. Um, it does seem that, you know, the platform obviously is trying to solve a, a number of different problems for a number of different um, you've got stakeholders that are sometimes at odds with each other, right? So that that makes it interesting. As I said, reading your reviews was really, it was quite clear that that's the case in your review. So I love the fact that you're thinking about having a rating system for inspectors within your platform. Um, and what I would suggest or recommend or ask for is that you didn't allow agents to make reviews for inspectors because the agents have a different requirement of an inspector than a consumer does and regardless of bias forget bias yeah no that's a that's a suggestion we, we, we're going to make it so um you know we've scoped it out you have to have downloaded a report um to make a review so you know are they sometimes on google businesses will just send you know all their mates you know go hey can you rate my business and i know it sucks and you might get, you know, 40, 50 people and then it's like, cool, now you're off to a flyer and you get good SEO at SEM. Yeah. We've got, no, you have to you have to do the review in your login of before you bid. You either have a login if you download a report. Um, so that was definitely one thing we wanted to do is to, to make sure it was genuine people. But yeah, not having the agents is, is yeah, I, I actually think we'll do that. 
and, and from my experience, I mean, Veronica, I have lots more experience in this as well, right? But, you know, some of the insights you get isn't on the report. It's the conversation you have with the inspector once you get the report. And, um, you know, you sort of get the, the real warts and all and their real, you know, personal opinion and, and things they'd love to put in the report, but they maybe, have, you know, put a disclaimer in there, right? And is that sort of something you still allow people who've got the reports to call the inspectors and Definitely, yeah. If you pay for a report, you've got access to to call the inspector, and we we recommend it. I, I'd say, say I was going back to Chris. Sometimes, the, the, sometimes the problem we run into with buyers, and this happens occasionally with you know very very you know thorough meticulous inspectors, they just come up to a good property, and so they go up to a good property and they go, "Cool, there was actually no major defects, or like three or four minor defects, and here's a report." And then someone pays for that and goes. Why did I pay for this? You know, terrible. This has told me nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, no. It's told you it's a good property, and you should, you should, um, you know, you should go go ahead with it. So that that's a funny, you know, issue we also run into on the buy side, which is like, yeah, go go win on that buy side. But that is that is that is a good point actually, because you know we know that even with our own inspectors that we use a lot, and when when one of them will come up to us with it's a good one, I'd buy it. We know, and we actually refer, we say that to our client, look, the, you know, the inspector said that they let their daughter buy it or they'd buy it, you know, because we know that that's unusual, that you would get something so clean like that and so good and, and uh, so well maintained. And it's about context though, isn't it? The individual buyer tends to not have had, you know, as many building inspections as we have. But I think, too, one of the quite common uh, refrains in those one-star reviews you had was around the accessibility of the inspector. So you recommend it, and, I, and I'm gathering you recommend to the inspectors that they make themselves available as well, but clearly not everyone does. So, yeah, that obviously we, we read out reviews um, pretty heavily, and that thankfully it actually helps with developing product. Yeah, for so sure. So you might have noticed, Veronica, if you have downloaded a report the last month, we've got book a call with the inspector. Yeah, um, and so now that they can book that in, and we can actually track if they've asked for that call. Um, we're building out kind of okay, put your questions down in writing. A lot of inspectors don't prefer to answer in email because there is, you know, they don't want to be in court and say, "Oh, the inspector told me this over the phone." Um, and generally, that you know that that gets a bit messy. So, book a call is a function we've just launched. We're going to have you know type your your questions in. And then we'll track, you know, which inspectors are getting back to those buyers, you know, how quickly they are. And that, it sounds like that's, if any inspectors are listening, oh, you know, that, that that's extra work Time for Time consuming, us. yeah. <laughs> it's actually for, firstly, if we can track the questions that are being asked, we might be able to answer them for the inspectors. So that's one, one part of it. So we can take that admin off the inspector. Secondly, though, there's... You know, we don't want to race to the bottom here on prices for inspectors. And if they can show that they're adding that value of, hey, we pick up the call, we, you know, we nurture you through the questions we've got, then it can support people saying, well, there is value to this and I will pay for that value. So it's about supporting prices as well as you know, buyers getting everything they, they need. I mean, lots of industries, there's, uh, there's rules and regulations, right? And if you break the rules, you're going to get written off the, the list, right? So for the inspectors, right, you said they're not going to lose their license. But you know, the number of inspectors out there and how many actually get, you know, stroke, uh, striked off each year and how many actually go through court and, you know, people could actually make claims on the reports. Like, I don't know, like in your experience, like is a buyer really protected or is the inspector 
really unlikely to get in any trouble and any claim on their PI and, and you know, unlikely to get stri- striked off. I'm so glad you kept talking because I was about to say something and then I was like, if I'd said that on a podcast, it would be the stupidest thing to say out loud. But I was going to say, <laughs> you can call some of the, you know, I know, and you can call some of the major owners of the bigger inspection groups about how often they're in court or how often they're paying out claims. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happens a lot. Um, and not, not not to the point where uh, a lot would be, you know, if we're doing 40,000, let, let's say there's 500,000 listings a year, there's probably 300,000 inspection reports done, um, you know, from individuals and, 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 and our platform. Um, you know, a lot is probably a couple of thousand claims a year. But they they go through and people have been paid out. Like I've we've seen inspectors have to pay out on, on ones that have gone through our marketplace, and we built it so that everyone is protected, so that they can make a claim. But yeah, it's, it's, people do say the terms and conditions are pretty, um, you know, disclaim for everything. I just be clear: you can't disclaim away your, your your responsibilities as a service provider. So I could write in my website, hey, you know, you can never contact us about this. But the, the the courts might have a very different view of that. So um, the terms and conditions are definitely, you know, there. But really, the building and pest, the only the, the main thing is the Australian standards. So if you haven't met the Australian standards, then that's um, you know, and get yourself in a bit of trouble. I'm on a personal mission to help more people make better property decisions. And you can find out all about what I'm working on at veronicamorgan.com.au. And there you'll find resources for first-home buyers, details about my buyer's agent mentoring program, access to suburb help for investors, or if you're looking to buy your dream home or an investment property in Sydney's inner west, eastern suburbs, or lower North Shore, you can connect with my team at Good Deeds Property Buyers. If you're thinking about buying your first home, upgrading to a new one, or purchasing an investment property anywhere in Australia, we would love to carefully guide you through this journey and importantly, get the finance right. Please reach out via our website, wealthful.com.au. Don't forget that you can download our free full or forecaster report. Which experts can you trust to get it right? Theelephantintheroom.com.au. Let's talk about standards because basically there's obviously no standard for requirement for insurance because inspectors are out there without it. Um, so what are the Australian standards for a building and pest inspection? But so, so, yeah, there are definitely inspectors out there without insurance. So if you're not buying a report on our platform, um, which I know a lot of people do, that's absolutely fine. Um, I would first thing I'd say is can you please show me your certificate of currency before you, you buy it because yeah, um, right. that, that would be a worry for me certainly um, in terms of the um, requirements it's it's actually the insurers that are dictating the requirements now um, because from their point of view they want less claims they're paying out on these claims they have to get lawyers involved it's it's not a high margin business the building and pest strata report insurance space so they set a lot of the um, requirements, but in Queensland, you do need a QBCC license. So uh, they used to have license, a license requirement in New South Wales. I think it was a bit over 20 years ago now, um, but they removed that. But the insurers are basically the ones saying, yeah, show us that you've got five years building experience or show us that you've got five years you know, pest experience um, before we'll even entertain you know, insuring you. All right, so the PI insurers are starting to put some standards in place so that they can 
save on their claims, which makes perfect sense. And um, in the absence of any actual, uh, you know, regulation from governments or other bodies, what about on the strata side? Because we know that in strata, there's no um, well, and like everything, there's legislation in different. It's different in every state, uh, particularly with strata, and there's no, there's actually no standards for record keeping. I think in New South Wales, there's legislation going through at the moment, which um, is going to make uh, digital uh, record keeping mandatory, but that's not re- not retrospective. So that will change things, obviously. But but in terms of that sort of that lack of standardisation of a how records are kept, b what records are kept, and c whether they're available or not at the time that an inspector is there inspecting those records for a report. Oh, and then D, the the actual ability of the inspector themselves. So you've got sort of four variables right there. What are you, you know, you're talking about, st- you know, standards and transparency and all the rest of it and accountability and even be able to review these inspectors. What are you, are you, are you proposing putting forward sort of a standard format that you're requesting? Is that, is that what you're suggesting? I'll put two things out there on that. We're only got one with the standard of records. It must be really hard for strata managers to do it because yes, the standard of records can be so you know vary so much that you know inspectors turn up, a panel of inspectors turn up, and they're like they didn't have this out the other, and I'm like how do they not have like the minutes of meeting or how do they miss? having their insurances there. Like, surely that's just the standard that you'd have. So, um, unfortunately, that's a little bit out of our control uh, uh, and probably the Australia Manager Association thing. And I'm sure there's reasons. I mean, I know a lot of people who work at these companies, they're good people, they try their best. It's not like they're actively going, how do I have crappy records? Um, they just, some some of them do. And, and so that's, yeah, a little bit out of control. One thing in our control, definitely something we, I actually... It was this morning I was speaking to a, a strata inspector about this. So we're building out uh, report writing software for strata inspectors so that we can have a standardized form so that going to that point, Veronica, you will, you know, if one inspector provides this type of report, this type of report, we just want to say, look, this is the strata inspector template for for um, for, this, for the state and for, you know, they, it's growing quite well in Queensland and Victoria as well. Um, but we want to say, whenever you download a report, this is what you get, and it'll show what documents, what important documents are missing, uh, and be very, very clear on that. And the inspector this morning, we thought there might be some pushback from our um, marketplace of inspectors, but it's been an incredibly positive feedback uh, about it. The inspector this morning said, I'm really excited to do this because people think the strata inspection space is a bit of a cowboy industry where it's like oh you know who does it is an accountant is it a lawyer is it just you know anyone who wants to pick up and decide they're doing it there is an element of that he said but at least if there's this this is what i get every time buyers going okay well this is the value and that you know there's not like i mean one template here another template there it's like this is the report and we, we do close to 50 percent of strata reports in new south wales so i think with that template out there it should Lift the standard of, oh, and and lift the standard, and obviously, and the consistency of um of what buyers are getting in that inspection space. It's certainly uh, in my business, for example, and obviously we're used to seeing all the myriad of different formats of these reports. 
So we've got our own proforma that we use, which is like a filter that we put every every report through to see what's missing. And and it is. It's extraordinarily time-consuming and frustrating. Uh, but we know what to look for. We know it should be in there, you know. We know when it's missing that it is missing, whereas most people, uh, you know, they don't realise and they'll get one strata report, they check the sinking fund or the capital works fund balances and that's pretty much all they do. <laughs> Maybe read the last minutes, you know. Because because it's overwhelming and it's basically outside of most people's wheelhouse, so they've got no no concept of what they're even reading. They're like, glaze over, I got it. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, and this is a problem with a lot of due diligence. Though I mean, basically, most people think the only due diligence they've got to do is get a contract review, get a strata report or a building pest inspection, and they and and their pre-approval check with their broker. They they're pre-approved and bang, they're good to go. They don't realise that there's a hell of a lot more involved. Um, and, and then you've got to, you get these things and, and they just scratch in the surface as far as I'm concerned in terms of due diligence, but you get these things, you get these documents and then what, because do you know how to read the building and pest inspection report that you've been given? Do you know how to read that strata report or do you know your contract review? I notice you're offering those now and I think, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse <laughs> in many regards because I just think how to, that is a buyer know whether that's a good review or not, you know. Uh, that's why buyers agents are booming. The, the request will... That's one of, maybe one of the reasons, but unfortunately most buyers agents don't know this stuff either because unfortunately you don't learn it in buyers agent school because you learn how to be a sales agent in buyers agent school. But anyway, that's a whole topic for another another podcast. And, I, and are you looking at becoming a marketplace of buyers agents as well? I'm, I imagine that's probably next on your agenda, is it? Yeah, so we, the next thing is on that. And again, transparency, you know, who, who can actually do the job well. I know there's, like any industry, there's great people in the industry and there's not so great people in the industry. We're hoping to elevate and, and be transparent and show, bring it all to the forefront. Um, and the feedback we get from clients is they want this, um, they wanted it yesterday and unfortunately they don't realise how hard it is to build tech. Um, but we are, you know, we are hopefully going to, yeah, I, I would say our I mean, conveyancing will be first um, to la- launch hopefully in, oh, actually I'm not going to say this on a podcast because, you know, it'll be three months after and someone will say, yeah, yeah conveyancing will be first and we'll have some some buyer's agent offerings for, you know, those agents who are doing well in their in their postcodes. So, yeah, I, I don't believe, and, and Veronica actually I'll be interested in your thoughts here, the Wimbus out. We're like, I don't think you have a national provider of buyers agents because the buyers agent who knows what they're doing in, you know, the south of Melbourne has a very different skill set and knows different things about schools and whatever else than a buyers agent who's you know in Cronulla um, of Sydney. Or you got that right. So I mean, on right now though, like, is there any things that buyers who see a property that is using your, you know, uh, building and pest report right? Is there anything like buyers can use that data like or knowledge of how many reports have been, you know, downloaded or how many like to actually get any litmus tests on how hot a property is or yeah, you know, is that data available or is that sort of still kept up, you know, not transparent so the agent can pretend there's more interest than there is or vice yeah, versa? We we can't disclose that to buyers. We can't say like this has been downloaded I think that record was hundred and one times. Um Whoa. <laughs> uh, so we can't disclose that information, but I mean, the average is 2.0, you know, a bit over two. Um, so just, just shy of, you know, average auction bidders, as you'd imagine. Um, but 
Yeah, we we can't disclose on individual listing. Yeah, okay. There's, there's a there's a couple of technical legal that it would be fascinating data in terms of the temperature check of the market. You know, because we do, you know, we look at, for example, you know, uh, the the portals will look at, you know, search activity, so intent to buy versus, you know, just browsing. You guys have got real intent to buy uh, in in certain areas, and um, that would be quite fascinating. I mean, I look at if you go before you've been on LinkedIn, you'll see us posts about that. We have the download rates over time. Um, yeah, just, wow. Can't believe I haven't found that before. Well, there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I, I follow you there. And um, we, we actually uh, put up the other day how many investors. So we've got quite a unique position because we have multiple downloads on a listing and and that people tell us whether they're an own occupier, investor, buyer's agent, or conveyancer. So if we don't offer buyer's agents or conveyances anything, we can offer you know, occupiers, investors, different products if they want them. Uh but we've tracked the investors over time and just seeing how they're they're abandoning the market um, over the last two years. It's quite a it's a quite a clear just downfall um, of investing being in there. And do you see things that really surprise you? I mean, you know, obviously people not doing building and pests on a property and it's still selling or awful building and pests and they're still selling for big prices and the person who bought it's not actually wanting hasn't bought the report. Like have you got any of that type of insight where you can track his... What is it called? The dunce or whatever? What did they call it? The, Dumbo. The, uh, the Dumbo. The property Dumbo. Is this the... Have you really let me lend me into the property well, Dumbo? Do I don't know. Now's Hit us with your property Dumbo. <laughs> it was... I, I So to, for the listeners out there, they'd, um, you know, Veronica and Chris emailed you beforehand and say, just to have your property Dumbo ready. And I, I just have this person clearly in my head. I hope they're not listening. Lovely person um but uh, they might be in the industry um but they they called me a few months after buying a property uh and they said oh look man, it's just all these issues with the property and you know I, i'm gonna sue the inspector but i knew you so i just wanted to you know run it past you how do i go about it i was like yeah cool mate this happens occasionally i'm really sorry i had a bad experience um just let me like what, what when did you buy the report it's like, oh, I didn't. So what? What do you mean you didn't buy the report? Are you, you, you know, are you, he goes, no, I downloaded it for free. And I was like, yeah. So you know those, those two text messages and two emails that say pay ninety nine dollars. Report goes into your name, and then you can rely on it, you know, to, and it's in your name, so you can actually make a claim. It's like, yeah, no, I ignored them. It's like, <laughs> yeah, amazingly, only like slightly over twenty percent of people pay that fee. Or like, just pay really. It. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, it's twenty, it's forty nine bucks for a Strata and ninety nine for a building investor. Like, just pay it. Like, it's ninety nine dollars insurance. Just to explain this, if no one realizes what we're talking about here, is that the before you bid model, as I mentioned earlier, there's different cost models in there. Like, you can because different inspectors charge different amounts of money, but also different agents have different arrangements where they'll some of them they'll provide the report for free. Uh, some of them will provide it for twenty nine bucks, and then if you are the successful bi- uh, purchaser, you 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 top it up. Um, some of them, it's just a flat fee of I don't know forty nine bucks each or something. But but at the end of the day, if it hasn't been provided by the inspector to you, then you can't make a claim on that because it's not it's the report isn't in your name. And so therefore, if you want to rely on it for any reason down the down the track, 
you have to do that. And so you guys do send out a little reminder afterwards saying you just have to top up the fee. You bought the property. You want you want to rely on it. you got to pay a bit extra. We, we tell all our clients pay that little bit extra if that's the case. Um, so this guy didn't. Thought he'd sue though. So this guy didn't. So this guy didn't. And I was like, okay, that, that puts him into the Dumbo Awards. But then the, the the no bigger Dumbo is that he thought he could still sue. He just no. But it, get, it gets worse, Veronica. So I felt ter- like genuinely felt terrible because I'm like, you know, you don't you just don't want this to happen. People that bought a house, they've had a bad you know a bad experience, not just with us, but a bad experience buying a house. That's not something anyone wants. Um, anyway, then I was like, I might just read this report anyway, just because I'm just interested to see if this inspector missed anything. The report was one of the most damning reports on a property. Like it would be in my bottom wow. five percent that I've read. It was basically the, even the photo on the front was like a horror movie. Like it had like the dangling bit of wood at the front. And I read it all. I was like, "What? He wouldn't have even won if he did put it in his name." Like, <laughs> if he, he say, and then I was like, "Maybe, maybe he's not a double. He saved himself ninety nine dollars because if he'd got the effort of trying to sue the inspector, he would have lost because." Clearly said that this, you know, there's all these termite problems. There's all these. So I just really, I was lost as to what he was thinking after downloading the report that was going to be different to what happened when he saw the property because it, it was really clear what was wrong with it. That's hilarious. Did you say any twenty percent pay it though? The so so those paid models Rodica mentioned. Any paid model reports automatically in your name. You can write it. There's no right. Okay. Kind of, I thought there was an up to upgrade one though. You you still have to pay. No, well you can you can have an extra fee for the successful buyer, but that's automatic. So you've right, already agreed. Okay, got it. That's all. It goes off in your name, bang, away you go. Got it. About fifteen percent of our agents like the report to be downloaded for free. Um, you know, each their own. We don't. We we can't dictate exactly what everyone does in this world. Um, but with those ones, we'll then send out a um two two emails. Two text saying, "Hey, if you want this in your name, pay this dollar little fee." And yes, only just over twenty percent of people do it. And I like, Pat, it's ninety nine dollars. You've just bought a million dollar house. Just pay that. At least give yourself the option. If you know you move in and it's there, but um, anyway, that, that would be a strong takeaway from this. If you do, um, if you and that's twenty percent of actual properties. Like it's not because I could probably get four or five buyers on it, right? So if it's twenty percent of people who downloaded it. Only one person gets so we right. find just while we said so it's only one person gets offered and of all those thousands we do only twenty percent for that for that model um, pay that fee I just think it's crazy town but I mean well that's eighty percent of people are Dumbos yeah that's classic and what about like people who don't like the number of people who just never like a property comes on your platform but then no one downloads your report like what percentage of Sales, um, well, we average yeah. it. We average a bit shy of the um, auction clearance rate. But you think about all those properties that pass in. Yeah, you know, yeah, we get a lot with zero downloads, but the average is is multiple. Um, so when you take into those zeros, you take into that one hundred and one. Um, you know, over yeah, the average is multiple downloads. So, but then how about how many people still? How many properties sell without any downloads? Well, we get the successful buyer downloading the report 72% of the time. Now, if anyone knows, I'm sure Domain and REA do know this, um, but no one gives me can give me a straight answer of how many properties pass in and don't sell. Does that, do you know that? Right, I can't say anyone. Chris? Anyway, whatever it is. So 72% plus 
plus? It's a very small percentage. Probably it's a, it's a very small percentage. It, it is percentage, but yeah, might be 2% or something like that. Like it's not big. So it's probably three in five properties that are sold. We'll get the successful buyer down the report. Um, and the other corner, either getting their own or, or just saying, oh, I'm not going to get one, which. And know, do you have any idea of how many people are just doubling it up for the report? Like Veronica's story that she shared around someone not going in the subfloor was the exact experience we had recently and um, where the report they had, and I'm not sure if it was for your software or not, but they had a report from the agent um, and uh, they, on that, they said they couldn't get into subfloor. They couldn't get the bathrooms. It was down south. It was like north of Wollongong. It was like $3 million plus house. Like, um, And they got their own person to go through and it was actually a mate of a maid or some builder. I don't know if he was an inspector. And they had some tool to go down, you know, like the, like a like a little yeah, camera yeah. tool, um, and because because they felt that something could be wrong, and then they figured out that both bathrooms were shot. Exactly the same story as you, Veronica. I was like in my head, I was thinking, um, so yeah. I mean, do you find that is is there how many people are going for another building in pest? If they think yours isn't great, is that do you have any idea of how many people are doing it? We we did a poll of in agents who use our product and they asked a few questions, um, including that. I think about 6% are being inspected right. by, another, by another inspector. Um, so that takes it up to about 81%. And then you've got 20, one in five people who just don't get inspection reports, which maybe they're knocking the place over or I don't know. They're, 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 oh, to be fair, some people have a mate who's an engineer or builder or whatever, and they, they walk through and make their own assessment. So there's probably that probably makes up the majority of the rest. I started with a really wrong question with this podcast because I was more interested in how the vendors and the agents' uh, mindset to the behavior changes you spoke about, right? So, like, what are you still getting pushback from any, like, particular, like the reason agent versus the city agent or the, you know, that are, like are willing to, or the vendors, like certain vendors in certain areas, like, no, no, I'm not paying for anything. Like that's up to the buyers. Like, like are you certain pockets of the country you're really struggling to crack or? Yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, Victoria is a hard market to crack. I'm not sure. Generally the agents down here are lovely to chat to when they get it, but I don't know, they just can't, like I would have thought that'd be the easiest to crack because it's like a big transparency piece, right? Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting there slowly, but it's just not, you know, as fast as we'd like. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a, an area um, that, that we'd like to be going faster at. In terms of the the conversation, it's pretty simple. Like the data is clear that more people turn up to auction when you've got a cheaper report there which, uh, because, you know, they come, a lot of people hate auctions, right? They spend 600 bucks. It sounds like I'm not doing auctions anymore. I'm just doing private trading. So if you're an auction agent, you're not doing this. I think it's crazy. Um, and then... For the private treaty agents, you know, you, in a lot of states, I guess besides WA probably, but you want, you know, as little clauses as possible in the subject too. Um, you know, at the end, subject to fire, subject to building a pest, we'll just get a report up front, remove that clause. Um, agents who do see subject to offices go down by, you know, around 60%. Um, so they don't get into that, that conversation, Chris, where you're like, cool, property's worth 800 grand, I got this buyer, how good's that? Cooling off, they get a building and pest, they find all these issues. Oh, sorry, we're chipping 30 off it. Vendors had a shocking time, agents had a shocking time. Maybe that buyer bails, we're going to the underbidder. It's just the crap experiences for everyone you could just avoid. Um, 
by by using the product. I mean, I can think of multiple clients recently in the last couple of months that have, you know, purchased subjects to to building a pest and then seen that and then bailed. Um, and particularly when building costs or, you know, it's hard to get builders, the, the risk of, you know, getting something that's a bit of a dud and then having issues getting, you know, Trades getting it fixed. Exactly. Have you got any ideas? So even if you win the agent though, is there a problem winning the vendor? Like if, or do they just, the vendor just says, okay, well, I'm happy to take it, but the buyer has to pay anything. I'm not paying anything myself. Like, yeah, it's, it's the, um, I mean, it's the quality of the agent. If they've got a few stories like, hey, I got extra people doing an auction and it increased the price. Will Ainsworth, good agent down at Geelong, gave us a case study the other day. He's like, if I didn't have a report, I'm, I'm so, it was a 800, he sold it for 831,000. It's like if I didn't have a report, I probably would have sold it for seven ninety nine. dollars um, You know, it's 200 bucks for the vendor. They made an extra $31,000. So um, you just need two case studies like that. And you just mention it as an agent, and it's, you know, it's pretty easy. To, pretty easy to yeah. sell. Unless, unless your vendor has built the house, in which case, please don't use our product. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh... I imagine you've really got to find one of those agencies that will champion it. I mean, it's a bit like in in Sydney. Brissett Whitney is probably one of the first ones that offered free reports. Um, So that's obviously championing. And and then other agents are then forced to, if they're going to have a property that competes with a Brissett Whitney property, for instance, then and the buyer's like, well, I'm going to go for that one because it's easier for me. I've got a building inspection. Then other agents are sort of forced to say to their vendors, well, look, you know, if we want to compete with those properties – you have to start, you know, providing a level playing field. So you can sort of see how it starts rolling out once you get that uh, a fairly active agent um, working with it. But you know, I my I stress for buyers: don't just assume that these are good. All any building pest inspection is good enough, and don't assume any any strata report is good enough. You've even on this platform, you can see there's such a wide range. You know, you, you've vetted them to a degree, and then and I, God forbid, anyone who doesn't qualify doesn't have insurance. All I can Why think of is if only thirty percent have insurance, you just think and 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 then there's a, such a wide variety or a spread of of um, standards within that. God forbid, what's the rest? But I guess that's a challenge for you in expanding too, isn't it? Because, you know, you can only expand to the degree you've got capacity and the capacity is hamstrung by the fact you've got, uh, you know, a, a limitations out there in terms of the practitioners. Yeah. I mean, we haven't run into that too much from a volume perspective, but it's definitely something we're mindful of. We have to keep building kind of, uh, and building tools so we get quality inspectors who are insured doing a good job and um, if I could snap my fingers and have everything built perfectly tomorrow, I would. It's going to take us probably another few years to get it to, you know, that perfect um, utopia. Uh, but we're trying every day. I think everyone's got that view with tech, isn't it? Like, I'd like, why can't you do this? Why can't you do this? And then you go, well, that's going to cost me $3 million in three years to build. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, And I've got about 10 other things I need to build first. So um, thanks for the ideas. Um <laughs> But uh, thanks so much for coming on as well. It's um, it is a good chat, and I do think there's a real, you know, you've got the market play there now. If you can just make that uh, the confidence in using your assessors and your inspectors are like, you know, a really high quality, and then consumers will be like, well, there's no reason to to go shop around because they actually don't know who to speak to. That's one of their biggest challenges, and you know, one of the reasons we work with buyers agents, buyers agents do know that, right? They have got their preferred inspectors and. I feel like that um, stops them. That could be a great insurance policy in itself. Stop buying a dud because they went to the wrong inspector. Um, we see that all the time. And, and sorry to put this on you, Veronica, because I know you're one of these, but 
you could make the same argument, make sure you get the right buyer's agent because the wrong buyer's agent will get the dodgy inspector because they just want to... 10,000%. You will never get an argument from me on that one. I'm horrified <laughs> at the low standard of a lot of buyer's agents out there. So, yes. Absolutely. And, and I liked, and just, I know we kind of went down that path. And I'm, I was more than happy to, I mentioned before, go down it, but I would really like to highlight that we have, we do vet our inspectors for insurance. Um, that is probably the biggest hurdle they need to, to jump. And we're constantly building stuff to make it more transparent for buyers. So I would like to think that our marketplace is, you know, as, as, as good a place as you could go to to get these reports and we'll keep building things to make it better and better. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for coming on, Reese. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer in an upcoming Q&A episode, you can send us a voicemail or written question via the website, theelephantintheroom.com.au, or you can email us directly at questions at theelephantintheroom.com.au. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode with others you feel would benefit. And while you're at it, why not leave us an iTunes review? Five stars would be great. I know that sounds a bit cringy, but we have it on good authority that every review helps make it easier for other people to find out about us and hear what our amazing guests have to say.